This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery. Bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is sponsored by NordVPN, the virtual private network which allows fans to watch football games, films and TV shows that aren't available in your region. It even saves on travel costs, so if you're planning on travelling with the family or to watch the Amazon Europe, NordVPN allows you to purchase flights and hotels from different locations across the world and that will save you a few quid. Maybe you're a bit of a shady character and whatever you're up to, you want to give yourself the best possible chance of not getting caught. Whatever the scenario, NordVPN provide high-level protection for your data and personal information wherever you are in the world and boast the fastest virtual private network in the world. So no buffering and no lagging. So for less than a pint or a cup of coffee per month, you fans can watch all the games you want live from the comfort of your own sofa. Visit nordvpn.com forward slash Way to get your exclusive discount plus four months free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com forward slash Westamway. You're listening to the West Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Hamway Podcast with myself, Dave Walker, an XWHU employee. This week we speak to serial winning professional wheelchair tennis player and big West Ham fan Andy Lapform before getting new from X and answering questions from Patreons at the West Hamway. Andy, you join us after adding another trophy to your cabinet. Tell us about your latest victory. Yeah, uh, over in Roland Garros in, in Paris during the uh, during the cup final, unfortunately. But um, yeah, managed to get another win, which was great. And uh, my 16th Grand Slam, which obviously I could never have dreamed of when I started playing and means that I've won two or more at all four now. So that was a, that was a, a big win and... Uh, yeah, to, to get to the point where you've done all four twice um, is amazing. And just, yeah, just at a point where I'm, yeah, just shocked every time I hear the stats now. And I get to the point where I'm, yeah, just everything now is a bonus, really. But yeah, really good to go over there and get, get the win. That's an unbelievable achievement, mate. You should be proud of yourself. Congratulations. Thank you yeah, very so- much, mate. 
Yeah, well done, mate. Brilliant stuff. And it obviously sets you up nicely for the big one of all tennis players' careers. It's obviously Wimbledon, and especially as a, a British player yourself, it's around the corner. What makes that tournament so special? And how do you rate your chances this year? Yeah, I think uh, obviously tra- tradition. Um, it's a very old event and uh, very much like the cricket with Lords and stuff like that. It's the, it's the place where everyone wants to play. It's the place where everyone wants to do well and um, especially as a home player it's uh, the biggest event of the year it's also probably the hardest event of the year in terms of being a home player it can be quite tough there's lots of ticket requests lots of uh, media requests lots a lot more to do than just playing tennis than like when you go over to Australia or whatever it's it's a pretty simple gig you just you just go there, play your tennis, do a bit of media, and then you're done. Whereas Wimbledon can be quite, quite hectic. Um, but look, yeah, I'm I'm feeling good. I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping to to do well and to play well first and foremost, which is which is easier said than done on a grass court in a wheelchair. It's it's difficult. It's not the easiest surface in the world to play on. Um, yeah, feeling good and hoping that I can add another one to to the list. And obviously, Wimbledon singles, I've been close before. That's one of the last ones that I need to tick off. And uh, it'd, be, it'd be nice to do it this year. Well, good luck to you, mate. Everyone's behind you. You know that. And uh, as everyone knows, you're a big West Ham fan. So what are your thoughts on what was a roller coaster of a season? I mean, how do you even begin to summarise it? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> anyone that follows me on social media knows how frustrated I was with the league campaign and and some of the football that we were playing. But obviously, towards the end, we managed to save the season with a Conference League win and obviously amazing to win a trophy. But I think the bigger thing is the fact that it gets you in the Europa League next season and another season in Europe against bigger teams in Europe and allows us hopefully to sign good players and try and reset now and and really try and get the league form back because as much as it's nice to be winning in Europe, I think... uh, to be relying on winning a trophy to get into Europe next season is going to be tough. So hopefully the league form can sort itself out. Uh, the style of play hopefully can sort itself out. But yeah, an amazing, amazing end to the season. Um, brilliant to win a trophy finally. And like I say, just really excited now for the for the Europa League campaign. Obviously, I go to as many games as I can when I'm not travelling, playing tennis. So looking for some big draws and hopefully some nice away days. Yeah, well, we, we left Upton Park in order for this club to go on to the next level. And considering, as you said there, we qualified for Europe for the third consecutive season. We've won our first trophy in 43 years. We've spent £180 million on players. Do you think we've achieved the next level? And how do you feel about the owners in general now? Um, I don't know if you could say that we've we've achieved the next level yet. I think that comes with the consistency in the league, I think. It's been a great, in terms of cup performances, it's been great in Europe the last couple of years. And and to do what we've done has been amazing. But I think to reach the next level, to be able to claim that we've reached the next level, you'd have to say the league form needs to to be consistent. We need to be top 10 consistently. Um, But obviously the money that's been spent on players has been great. And I think the owners are trying to do the right things and, and getting the sporting director in and, and all things like that and having Mark Noble involved and, and things like that is only going to help. And I I just hope that the club can keep going in the right direction because obviously I think people saw and 
people finally starting to wake up to the fact of how big the fan base is and how much of a big football club it is after the after obviously the amount of people that travelled over for the final and then the parade and stuff like that. So hopefully we can build on it. Obviously we're gonna lose Declan Rice, which is gonna be which is gonna be tough, but um I think if we can sign two or three players with that money and, and really try and find that consistency, I think next season should be exciting. Mm, God, let's hope so. Well, winning that trophy has kept David Moyes in the job. And I picked up there, you said about the style of playing and frustrations around that. And I totally agree with you, by the way. But is he the right man for West Ham? Um, it just depends which way you look at it. I'm very much of the opinion that I like to go to West Ham. And part of the reason why I started supporting West Ham was that when I first went, even if they were shit, they knocked the ball around well. Mm. Um, they knocked the ball around well. We tried to keep possession, tried to attack, tried to be on the front foot. Uh, probably fairly similar to the Spurs in a way, like always been a bit of a flair team. And even if the results haven't been great at times, uh, the football's always been good. It's always been attacking and attractive. And I feel like we maybe lost that the last the last part of last season. Well, the start of last season, for sure. Um, and just, yeah, when I go to the home games, I'd like to see us on the front foot a bit more. Obviously, against certain teams, it's going to be difficult. But I think when you're playing the lower, the lower teams in the league, I'd like to see us take control of games a bit more than what we did last season. But in terms of the Cups, you can't, you can't complain with what he's done and you can't, it's like I put on my, my Twitter at the end of last season, like as much as I've moaned and as much as I've been annoyed at times, he's delivered us a trophy, which is what we've all wanted. So you can't, you can't dig him out too much, but I do, I do worry for sort of the first 10 games. And if it doesn't go right, and if it's, if it's going wrong, I do worry what happens. Um, Mm. Part of me thinks it would have been good for him to sort of say, right, I've delivered. I'm off. Um, but hopefully he can prove me wrong. Um, and hopefully we can start the league well and then get after it again in the Europa League. It's weird because I have a lot of confidence in him now in like the European ties and stuff like that over two legs. Mm. I have confidence in him as a manager. I just have a little bit of not as much confidence when we're playing sort of Southampton's at home, Burnley at home, teams like that where I'd like to see us on the front foot a bit more. Yeah, it, it mirrors exactly what I say. I think we're on the same page there, 100%. Um, I mean, in terms of the style of play, I think you're right, actually. I think I think the fans could turn on him very quickly if he doesn't get the results, because I think we'll suffer the style of play if we get the results. But if we're not getting the results and we've got to watch a negative style of play, I think things could turn very quickly. So obviously watch this space. Um, you were saying about... Uh, home games there. Obviously, I know you go to the home games and I know you go to uh, as many aways as possible. But what do you think about the London Stadium now? Yeah, it's up and down, isn't it, mate? I guess it depends on like, how the team are playing and, again, how the team are approaching games. I mean, there was times there last season where we're just not on the ball at all. So it's hard for the crowd and to expect the crowd to get in and amongst it and behind the team is difficult when you're playing. I think we played... I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been Southampton. And we ended up winning. But it was a relegation six-pointer. And I think for like the first half hour or so, they just passed us off the pitch. We couldn't get a ball. And I think we nicked the goal against the runner play and we ended up going on and winning the game. But it's just games like that where I feel like for the stadium to be up and for 
for the crowd to be doing what people want it to do. The, the team needs to be on the ball a bit more on the front foot against teams like that to make sure, obviously, that that's getting the crowd going and getting the crowd into games. When you're not on the ball, when you don't have the ball, it's it's hard to expect the crowd to be up for it. Yeah. So I think the stadium, the stadium is the stadium. It's not going to change. It's not my, it's not my favorite place in the world. But that's because I've grown up on Upton Park. Mm. Uh, I think there's good things to it. There's bad things to it. But I think the main thing is the team needs to be playing in a certain way for that stadium to come alive. To be honest, I don't think. I think if the team play on the back foot and play off the ball at that stadium, it's always gonna. It's always going to sound like a bowl. It's always going to feel very empty and very echoey. So, yeah, the team needs to get on the front foot for that stadium to come alive. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Here's a question for you. If I showed you a button, right, and if you hit that button, you could go back to Upton Park tomorrow and leave the London Stadium. Back to Upton Park as it was, right? But we would have lost that final in Prague. Would you be hitting the button or not? I'd hit the button. Would you? Yeah. As much as I... Honestly, I was in tears when we won that trophy. Yeah. But for my... My memories with my old man growing Mm. up and my mates and... And going to Upton Park and being in all the pubs around the ground and all that, like that was those were the days, mate. Those were the days. Like it was such mm. a great place to be. And I think as much as winning the trophy was amazing and stuff like that, if we could, if I could go back there now and relive one more season now, yeah, I'd I'd go back there, mate. Just purely from I just enjoyed. I think the main difference for me between Upton Park and the London Stadium is the fact that. Upton Park, you used to make a day of it and you could make a day mm-hmm. of it because mm-hmm. you had all the pubs, you had all the local uh, restaurants, the, the food places. Um, There's so much more that you could make a day of it, whereas London Stadium, it's, it's, it doesn't feel like that. Um, but maybe I'm just getting old and I'm old and bitter about it. But <laughs> yeah, I'd probably press the button. It'd be a hard decision, don't get me wrong, but I, I loved it there and I... I would love to still be in a in a stadium like that, and it's yeah, it's a shame that we're not. But hopefully, in time, the London Stadium can be adapted and stuff so that it feels a bit more like a football stadium. Mm, it's a really interesting answer that because as you were talking, I was trying to work out what I would do if Dave asked me, and I think I was really umming between the two. But when you mentioned having one more seat. Season at Upton Park and just in a way be able to say, oh, this is the very last one. We've got to savour every moment. It would be so magical. I think I would probably just edge towards that as well. Um, so, yeah, it's a good question. That um, You mentioned him earlier, mate, Declan Rice. Um, obviously, it's, 
I say it's inevitable support to join Arsenal, but you'll have to listen to my section uh, later to, uh, to hear how inevitable it is. But, uh, um, it, um, what, do you, what do you think um, about this move? Is it going to massively set us back, losing our captain and our best player? Or are you confident we'll replace him with two or three decent um, alternatives? What's your feelings on this situation? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting with the with the manager and the, the director, sporting director or football director or whatever they're called, these, these blokes. Um, I think the key is that link-up needs to be right. Um, and I think if this was my biggest point to people that were Moyes in, is like, if you're going to keep David Moyes, you've got to make sure that you, the players you sign this summer are David Moyes players. 100%. Because otherwise, you're in the same situation again. You, you're wasting money on great players but uh, that are not going to play and that the manager doesn't know how to use. And that's, I think, um, going to be the biggest problem is if this new guy comes in and is signing good football players, but players that David Moyes doesn't want, um, there's going to be issues again. So... In terms of Declan and Rice, obviously it's going to be a massive loss. But I think if you can if you can sign three good players with that money, I think we'll be all right. But again, it needs to be if you're going to back David Moyes, you got to back him 100. percent You got to make sure that the players that come in are David Moyes players. Otherwise, you're going to run into problems again. Mm. Well, let's say that Declan Rice left today and the season starts tomorrow. Who would you give the captain's armband to? Uh, it's a tough one. Um, in an ideal world, I would go and sign a captain. Mm. I don't have one like that. But I was big on like when when the rumours were going around about Rice. I was praying that Man United came in, mm. just purely from the fact that they've got two players that would work in our team. In terms of, I think Harry Maguire would be great for us, and I thought Scott McTominay would be good for us. Um. So in my opinion, I would I would assign the captain, but I think it's I don't know I don't know the dressing room well enough. I don't know who who are the big characters in there, but I think if someone like Suchek's going to play every week, which obviously a lot of fans are not going to enjoy, he looks like a bit of a leader. Kofa looks like a bit of a leader. Um, but other than that, it's just, it's a tough call because I don't know. I don't know. A lot of people said a good, but then the problem with that is he's going to go to the African Nations Cup. So the captain. Um yeah, if we could bring someone in that's been a captain somewhere else, then I won't be I won't be too upset with that. But yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens. If we would have signed Harry Maguire or Scott McTominay or something like that, I think one of them would have fit the mould pretty well. Um but yeah, it's a difficult one, mate, because you don't you look at the squad now and you think, right, who is who is a captain in there really? It's mm. a d- difficult one. A lot of people said Creswell, but He's probably on his last season at best. And is he going to play regularly? Mm. So it's mm. don't really want to be in a situation where you've got a captain that's not playing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's a difficult one, mate, definitely. Mm, it's a tough one. Well, we may be getting, you know, near 105 million for Declan Rice. I mean, we mentioned, obviously, he's got to bring in players that are Moyes players. You've mentioned McTominay there and Maguire as players that you like. Are there any other players that you think are out there that, you know, West Ham really should be looking at? Obviously, we've been linked with Ward-Prowse, Harvey Barnes and numerous others. Is there any that really stand out for you as you think, yeah, they're proper West Ham? Yeah, I think, I think, 
I'm yeah, I think, uh, some of the reaction that I saw from West Ham fans to maybe signing Ward Prowse was a bit weird because if you're going to keep David Moyes, surely Ward Prowse is a perfect signing in terms of his delivery from set pieces. Um, he was a captain at Southampton. He would look like a good signing to me if you're going to keep David Moyes because obviously set pieces are key and stuff under David Moyes. So I wouldn't be. Wouldn't be saying no to that. I think the biggest thing, and like we say, it, it seems like we say it every year, but it's the striker position. I don't think we can go another season with Blag and Antonio up front. Um, I think you've got to try and find a player similar that's a younger age that can that can do the job. Um, I don't know whether that that guy that played up front against us in the semi-finals, he seemed like quite a good player. Um I can't remember his name. Um, played up front for Ghent, and he looked like a he looked like a clone of Antonio. So someone like that, I think, just got to be careful that the, the sporting director is not signing another Haller or another Skamaka, someone like mm-hmm. that who clearly doesn't fit there. Because I think Skamaka is a good player, and I think if he did leave, he'd be in another situation like Haller, where he goes somewhere and smashes goals left, right, and centre. But I think, if, again, if you're going to back David Moyes, you've got to find that player that's just going to suit him up front. Um, and I think that's the key. I think the rest of the team will sort itself out. I think I think the key for us is finding that striker that can that can play that role up front on their own. And like has been said, feeding off scraps can can be strong and stuff like that. And if we if we find that, then we'll be we'll be in a much better position than what we was league wise this season, in my opinion. But I don't know. How many players these days play like Antonio? Play like a target man? Play, play in that way? I can't. I can't think of any other than someone like Lukaku, and he ain't going to come to West Ham. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you make some interesting points there, mate. And you're right. Recruitment is absolutely crucial, and it's hard to answer this next question because we haven't signed anyone yet, so you can't see the full picture going into this season. But how do you feel about the new season? Do you think we're going to have a good one? Yeah, I think. I think now, I think David Moyes, as much as people moan about him and I've moaned about him and whatever, I do think he'll get it somewhat right this season. I think I think now off the back of that trophy win, I think if we can get top 10, solid top 10 and go for the Cups again, and as stupid as it sounds, like once you get through that Europa League, as we know, if you can finish top of the group, then it's anyone's ball game. Like we've proven that over two legs under Moyes at our stadium with 60,000 there on a Thursday night. It's anyone's game, that competition. So I think the aim's got to be... The aim's got to be to hit the ground running so that then you can go into Europe without having to worry if you lose a couple of league games. Not going into that European campaign thinking, Jesus Christ, we're in the bottom three again and now we're in a battle in the league. I think if we can be get off to a good start, and then the aim's got to be to try and go as far as possible in the in the Europa League again. And if, if we do that and we don't get Europe next season, then that's fair enough. I think that'd be a good that'd be a good response to a trophy winning season, in my opinion. But anything less than top ten in the league this season's got to be viewed as a disappointment. I think. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's get your actual prediction. Where do you think we will finish? Let's get it in on the on the podcast in writing, proverbially. Um, so, where are we going to finish in the league, and how are we going to do in the cups? I think we'll come ninth in the league. 
And I think we'll make semis in Europa League and then get done by one of the big boys. That's what I think is going to happen. But as I said, I'm hoping and praying that we can get through top of the group and then just be there or thereabouts again and just, who knows, imagine if we was to win the Europa League and then be in the Champions League. And <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's just not. Maybe we're, maybe we're just made for Europe and we're made for... <laughs> European competition, that's what I'm hoping. And then obviously, always, like with all West Ham fans, we all want the FA Cup. We all want that run in the FA Cup. We all want, mm. want that go at that cup. So I was up at Old Trafford last season when we were so close to, to knocking out United and, and doing something special there. So I think most West Ham fans will put up with an average league season as long as we give the Cups a good go. So anywhere in and around mid-table and really getting after all three Cups. And I think the fans will be happy. But like we've said, I think the first sort of eight or nine games of the league season is going to decide a lot of what happens at the club. I think if we get off to a, get off to a slow start and things aren't going well at the stadium again in the league games and stuff, I think we could see a change quite early on. But I'm hoping that that's, that's not the case. I'm hoping Moyes proves everyone wrong and smashes it out of the park next season and we, we keep progressing. Mm. Well said, mate. Well said. And I totally agree. Well, Andy, it's been a pleasure speaking to you, mate. It really has. Good luck at Wimbledon. And we look forward to seeing you soon, pal. Cheers, boys. Thanks for having me on again. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.